Gospel according to Luke. Glory to you, The apostles said to the Lord, Increase our faith. The Lord replied, If you have faith the size of a mustard seed, you would say to the mulberry bush, Be uprooted and planted in the sea, and it would obey you. Who among you would say to your servant, who has just come in from plowing or tending sheep in the field, Come here immediately and take your place at table? Would he not rather say to him, Prepare something for me to eat. Put on your apron and wait on me while I eat and drink. You may eat and drink when I am finished. Is he grateful to that servant because he did what was commanded? So should it be with you. When you have done all that you have commanded, you have been commanded, say, we are unprofitable servants. We have done what we were obliged to do. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. If we have faith the size of a mustard seed, we have a lot of power. There's a lot uh, of potential, a lot of power within that little bit. The apostles ask for more, and Jesus reminds them that even that little bit uh, has amazing amount of power. Now, that's maybe not the ultimate end of faith, is to stay as that little tiny mustard seed. It's to ultimately grow and to flourish. But it's good to also note uh, just that little bit of faith and kind of the bare minimum in the midst of it all. One of the things that the church has to kind of check our bare minimum uh, is the, precept, the five precepts of the church. It's kind of like uh, the Navy has PRT with the bare minimums of what you need to hit. doesn't necessarily mean that you're healthy or you're, you're really great, but it means that you've hit those bare minimums, and ideally, then you go beyond that as well. The five precepts of the church help us to kind of establish where we are in that bare minimum. And so I'd like to kind of go over those today. And so I'll read off the five of them. The first is to attend Mass on Sundays and on holy days of obligation while resting from servile labor. The second precept is to receive the sacrament of reconciliation at least once a year. The third precept is to receive the sacrament of the Eucharist at least once a year. Uh, Number four is to observe the days of fasting and abstinence established by the church. Number five is to help provide for the needs of the church. Now, these five precepts uh, go beyond the Ten Commandments. They kind of help fill out. And again, it helps us to kind of establish what, what does it mean to be a, good, a Catholic in good standing. A Catholic in good standing doesn't necessarily mean that they're amazing. It just means that at least we have these bare minimums. And again, this isn't what we're striving for. This is the bare minimum, which I think is, is able to say that you have the faith of a mustard seed which are the seeds for ultimately greater growth, but are the bare minimums that we should know and, and hit um, to be able to then grow beyond. I'll also say um, with, these, with these five precepts is that any one of the precepts is uh, to not fulfill the obligation or not to fulfill this is a grave sin. And so we also want to be able to know that so that we also uh, properly follow that. Now, those five precepts uh, also have kind of clarifications within it. 
And I'd like to go over some of those clarifications because it helps us to kind of establish what we're actually obligated to do and what we're not obligated to do. So the first is to attend Mass on Sundays. Now, it is an obligation to attend Mass on Sundays. However, there's always good excuses, right? And sometimes we can justify them ourselves, but sometimes there are real and serious just causes. Of course, in the Navy, one of the just causes would be out in deployment where there is no availability to get to Mass. Absolutely. You're dispensed from that obligation or you're excused from being able to attend Mass because you're doing something that is affecting the safety and the welfare uh, of the world. And so there is an aspect of that. Um, Also, if you're ill, um, during the COVID pandemic, bishops actually didn't uh, dispense everyone from Sunday Mass because there was an illness. And so that is a just cause. Also, if you're taking care of someone who's sick, that's also a just cause to miss Mass. Uh, Certain times, significant travel situations will, again, also dispense you from that Sunday Mass obligation, but it shouldn't be, uh, you should still try to go to Mass. It's just there are sometimes significant travel situations which uh, might prevent you from that. Um, Some things that wouldn't be good excuses uh, that I'll suggest are sports or games. Uh, The Green Bay Packers are important, but they're not more important than Sunday Mass, right? So we want to kind of make, uh, make that uh, um, distinction. Also, sometimes when you have family or friends visiting you, I know that that can sometimes cause uh, kind of uncertainty of, well, you want to be a good host, but you also want to be able to attend Mass. Having hosting is not a good excuse to missing Sunday Mass or a Holy Day of Obligation. Also, extra work. Sometimes we pile on more work or we have... A lot of things going on on Sunday right before Monday, but extra work is not a good excuse to miss Sunday Mass. Ideally, uh, one of the things that we should do is, is kind of what I tried to do while I was in seminary was to load up on my homework on Friday evening as a good penance for Friday. And so then that way I had Sunday off a little bit more. And I think that's a, you know, Friday is often our day in uh, the kind of culture as a day of celebration, but as Catholics... The, the third precept, or the fourth precept, is to observe fasting and abstinence. Uh, Friday is actually a, traditionally a day of penance, not a day of celebration. So um, not to say that you still can't do things on Friday, but uh, to be able to do that. Now, attending Mass on Sunday, uh, watching Sunday Mass on television or online uh, does not fulfill your obligation. It's good when you're not able to attend Mass to watch it on TV, but you're not obligated to do that. Um, So that's one kind of clarification there. You also should abstain from servile labor, but servile labor is different for different people. For me, I love doing uh, kind of yard work and other things, and so that's a great recreation for me, and I enjoy that. But for someone who does that all week, you know, works with their hands or different things, it's good on Sunday to rest from that servile labor of whatever other work that you have throughout the week. And that kind of goes back to, again, this Sabbath idea of resting and recreation. And uh, I would also add in within this that you should avoid other forms of work as well. And so ideally, I know that sometimes you have to work on Sunday, again, for a just cause, uh, but that we should try not to work on Sunday. And we should also avoid Uh, shopping and other things on Sunday to prevent other people from having to work on Sunday. 
You know, there used to be a day when uh, most businesses were closed on Sunday, but we've kind of expanded that because we want to shop on Sunday, and so the businesses stay open on Sunday. And so uh, there's kind of not a boycott in the sense of, you know, so bad, but uh, we, should, we should refrain from that in order to make it easier to be closed on Sunday. Uh, number two was receive the sacrament of reconciliation at least once a year. Now, there's, uh, strictly speaking, it's actually not required every single year unless you're aware of committing grave sins. And so if you are aware of committing grave sins, then you have to confess at least once a year. And that's linked in with number three, to receive the Eucharist at least once a year. And so if you're aware of grave sin, of course, you shouldn't wait until the Easter season or Lent to go to confession if you're aware of serious sin. You should do that as soon as possible without delay seeking absolution. The third, uh, receive the sacrament of the Eucharist at least once a year. Often that's, uh, it used to always be talked about in the Easter season, but the U.S. bishops have kind of said all of Lent or Easter, you should receive the Eucharist at least once or for any just cause, really any time in the year. Let's say you were in deployment all of Lent and Easter and you had no access. Well, that's, that's a just cause. And so you can receive the Eucharist at another time uh, to fulfill this precept. Now, why do we even have this? Well, there used to be a, a long time in the church where there was a, a great devotion to the Eucharist and almost a fear uh, that one was unworthy to receive the Eucharist. Of course, now it's common to receive the Eucharist every single Sunday. That wasn't common for a large majority of the church's history. And so there is an importance to receive the Eucharist at least once a year to receive that grace that God wants to give. Uh, the number four, to observe the days of fasting and abstinence established by the church. Now, it, that, this is, again, established by the church, and so there's an availability to move. But uh, the, the fasting and abstinence has never been easier in the church than it is today. We're kind of soft uh, in a lot of ways. And so it's always good. Again, these are precepts. These are the bare minimums, but it's always good to go above and beyond as well. But we should be hitting these. Now, during Lent, of course, we know abstinence to abstain from meat during Fridays during Lent. However, did you know that every single Friday throughout the year, we should offer some form of penance? Uh, after Vatican II, the, the bishops in the United States removed the connection of abstaining. So it used to be throughout the entire year, you abstain from meat on Fridays as Catholics. Uh, the USCCB uh, took away the external discipline of abstaining from meat on Friday to offer some other self-imposed penance. So we should offer some penance every Friday. And whether that is abstaining from meat or something else, it is actually an obligation of the church to offer a penance every Friday. Um, also, for fasting, there's actually only two days throughout the entire year that we're required to fast. That's on Ash Wednesday and Good Friday. And it's only obligatory for those who are aged 18 to 59 and who aren't sick. Um, so there are very easy kind of, again, if you're sick, then you're not obligated. And the fasting is just one full meal during the day and two smaller meals as well. So uh, again, um, very doable uh, as a bare minimum. Number five, to help provide for the needs of the church. I think it is important. Um, the church needs certain temporal uh, needs uh, to be able to help function and to be able to help serve you. Uh, we don't call each person in and kind of say, what are we going to give you? What are you going to give? But uh, we leave it up to the individual Catholic, the right to determine precisely when and how they will assist with the temporal needs of the church. 
However, there is an obligation to serve in the needs. Now, thankfully, the Navy pays for a lot of what we have here. The Religious Offering Fund kind of helps us to be able to have uh, different fellowships and other things that we kind of have going on. Um, But it is important to support the church in other means as well, both through the uh, Sunday collection, through annual appeals, spontaneous offerings, bequests, and wheels uh, to that. Now, those are the five precepts. Again, these are the very necessary minimum in the spirit of prayer and moral effort in the gro- that will help in the growth and love of God and neighbor. And where I would say is if someone is hitting all of these, I would say that, again, this is the, the starting, the bare minimum, and will help contribute to the growth of that individual. And so I think we, I want to acknowledge the good that this servant in the gospel who, who does what is obligated, you know, I'm an unprofitable servant. I've only done what I was obliged to do. But in that is a good servant. And so we ourselves also, uh, just that mustard seed of faith uh, helps grow in that way. And so if we shoot for these five precepts, or at least hit them, we'll hopefully grow from there. Now, I do want to add, I'm going to add a sixth one, okay? Now, this is a sixth one because it's often one of the things that I run into most that kind of uh, disqualify someone for being able to be a, a sponsor or a godparent uh, and to be a Catholic in good standing as one of the precepts. Now, it's not explicitly written. Again, these five precepts have kind of changed throughout the years. And so because there's something that is, is established by the church, it's not uh, a matter of uh, faith and morals kind of on that. And so it's established by the church to try to help us to live the moral life. And what I would say is not kind of six uh, Asterisks is to obey the laws of the church in marriage. I see this as one of the, the things that I run into most that kind of cause difficulty in people's spiritual life and kind of in their uh, relationship with the church, which is, again, what these precepts are supposed to do, kind of establish kind of that bare minimum. And so obeys the, the law of the church concerning marriage. Now, a Catholic is obligated to get married in the church. Uh, if they don't, uh, they're kind of stepping outside of, again, the laws of the church and kind of saying, I'm going to do what I want to do, which kind of helps break that. Now, sometimes I run into it where they think that they can't get married in the church because they're marrying a non-Catholic. That's not the case. The church has a dispensation. Ideally, you marry another Catholic so that there's a unity in the faith. However, that is not a, 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 a breaking factor that allows you not to be able to get in the married church. You can still get married in the church. Um, in certain cases, even, we can actually grant dispensations that you get married in another church, um, such as, let's say, you were marrying a Lutheran, and their family was super Lutheran, and they were not going to be coming to the Catholic you know, service or anything else. There would be a legitimate cause that the Catholic church in that pastoral situation would actually allow the Lutheran minister to perform the marriage and would grant that. At, however, you've got to be working with the Catholic priest in that situation as well because we want to make sure that you don't lose the faith in order to be able to do that. So uh, the church is incredibly generous, but you have to work with the church in order to be able to do that. I also run into sometimes where people think that they can't get married in the church because they're not confirmed. Well, that's also uh, not the case. Now, ideally, you are confirmed um, to get married, but that's not a strict requirement for it. And so you can still get married in the church, even if you're not confirmed. And so those are just a, a few of the basics uh, on that all. Now, 
Again, just like the Navy PRT and the bare minimum, that I wouldn't exactly say that someone who hits the bare minimum is, is really athletic or uh, super healthy, right? The five precepts of the church are these bare minimum, which isn't our end goal. Our end goal is discipleship and ultimately sainthood. But I do want to acknowledge that if you are hitting these five precepts, six asterisks, uh, then you are hitting a good bare minimum and that faith of the mustard seed will help you to continue to grow in love of God and neighbor. And so it's important at times to be able to establish and to be able to just say, you're doing a good job, right? Keep it up. There's more there, but what you have is good. And so let's continue this journey. Let's continue to grow in our faith and continue to be a servant of Jesus Christ and so that we might be able to say that we have done what we were obliged to do.